0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I'm your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we are joined by Michael, who's got a little bit of experience being out there in the internet world, buying businesses, selling businesses, helping scale businesses with marketing. And we unpack what it's been like for him growing these businesses uh, since you know the early days of the internet. Um, we'll also look at a little bit of copywriting secrets. If you're thinking about you know like writing copy versus articulating your offers and what the difference is between those, We dive into all that and more in this episode. And of course, if we can ever help you with your marketing, head over to marketingmogul.com.au where we've got everything you need. But until then, let's jump into the show. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you making the time.
1: Oh, thanks. I'm so glad to be here.
0: It's great to have that's you. Funny. Now, yeah. I always like to start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if I met you at a party <clears throat> and we were just chatting and I said, Michael, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer?
1: Uh, that's, that's an incredible question well thought out thing to ask because I don't know. No. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I've been thinking about that for a long time. And I would say that basically I, I buy and build companies. That's probably the most succinct way to say it. Um, especially internet type companies. That's, uh,
0: so, wouldn't say a lot. You the, well, that's good. It's a conversation starter. So, what, like, what yeah. brought you into that into that process, and why specifically, like, <clears throat> internet companies?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it all started for me when I kind of my very first company that I did um, kind of on my own was actually a cell phone store. Uh, we sold phones, and I did that back in two thousand six, and got out of that around two thousand seven. And and I was in the store all the Time, you know, it was like you know, it was, it was just me, so I was just there, and so of course, like most people, I was like doing all of the searches. How do you make income from home? How do you, you know, all that? And so I started to like, kind of get into that way back then, and I ended up um, meeting someone that used to go to my to my old uh, church, and she got me a job in an internet marketing company. Well, she was actually in what we was called direct mail which is like when you mail like postcards and all, and all this stuff and i was like young so she was like hey you know the internet and i'm like yeah sure i do cuz i was young you know so i helped to kind of bring things more from offline to online and it was kind of cool because it was all it was a seven figure company when i joined it so it it already had like a staff and, and and all this stuff so i was able to kind of jump in and um i she also taught me the skill of how to write copy, and that's a big thing. And so I was able to kind of use that, and then throughout, you know, of course, how things go, there's ups and downs, and partner breakups, and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I was able to kind of develop a skill of how to sell information and how to sell events and those kind of things. And so I, I started to find people that that would need someone like like me to help them. And that kind of brought me down, like marketing and copy and sales and and all of that. And then once you start going down that way, <clears throat> I had people saying, "Hey, I can't really afford to pay you, but would you want to partner?" So that's kind of how I got into the company side of it. And then whenever there was problems, I tended like to, to, to like solve stuff, so I would always jump in. So if there'd be a problem with the you know customer service or with finance or with payroll, whatever it, it would be, I would always kind of jump in. So over time, I kind of just became um, kind of not great, but good at most of the things, you know, and great at, at a very, very few things. And so that kind of just became what I did. And as I kind of scaled up from there, um, I've been able to partner with some awesome people and do some good things. And, and, um, you know, now we're now I work in the health space and I really, really enjoy that a lot because it's more about like weight loss and um, health and fitness and those kind of things. I actually personally have lost over 300 pounds so it's been a good story for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I was on a weight loss TV show here in the States um, back in 2012. So it's a very, very personal, you know, thing that I've, that I've been through. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect for sure. I, I, you know, I, I say I have about a 20 pound swing you know, that I can kind of go either way. Um, but a way, way better than I have ever been you know so that for that part is is cool so so anyway that's a long rambly answer but
0: uh Uh, i like it i like it so what because i'm I'm assuming like similar to us like i have a a marketing agency and a lot of times people come to us and they're like well you know your fees are higher than i would want to pay and like you know it it does come up it's like how can we you know partner work together type thing what do you look for? Because I'm assuming for yourself as well, being that you had that success and you had that reputation of someone that could get results, a lot of people would probably be like, oh, like I'd love to have Michael as part of my team. What was yeah. it and what is it that you look for to make sure that it's actually a, a good business <laughs> for you to partner with? Because I'm assuming there will be some people who be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't actually partner with them.
1: Yeah. So obviously it depends on where you're at. And, and what you're trying to do. But for us now, where we're at, we, one, I, I like people that are in what I would call like a scalable niche, meaning that there's a mass audience out there, you know? So if you have like a very small thing, that that's awesome, but it's not probably for us because we're like, we're kind of like bringing a bazooka, you know, to it and and maybe you don't want that. So we always... Look for something that is selling to a, a core human desire. You know those kind of things—things things that we know people want. Whether that's like dating, health, business, any of those type of things that, that that we know. And there's, there's a lot of people out there when it comes to who the the person is. We like people that have actually at least proven they have a product that people will pay for. Doesn't mean they have to be doing awesome but it just means that you've got something that you've sold before most of our best people that we've been able to scale were doing around six figures of income so one company that we that we teamed up with we actually bought in um they were doing about they were just they had just hit around eight hundred thousand in annual sales which is really good that's a good that's awesome you know we joined up helped out tweaked some things pumped in some more um ad spend and i think within that within about a year's time we hit almost 5 million in sales so you know those are the kind of companies that are that are easier wins because if you already got something and then obviously when it comes to anything where you're selling info events knowledge any of those kind of things the better the person can be on camera that's big time too because we can, we might say, "Here's 20 scripts. Go read all these. Here's this. Go film that." You know, so there's a lot of that, and, and we love people that love people. If, th- if that makes sense, right? People that like to join on Facebooks and jump on Zoom calls and all that. So, in that way, I'm actually terrible because <laughs> it's not my thing. I hate like doing a lot of, like like this kind of stuff. It's it's like fun for me wh- when I'm here. But i'm always like i always have this weird internal dread about doing things i don't know why what my issue is but i enjoy it when i'm there but some people just that's their thing you know i mean they get up every day they love they say that's like just the thing that they want to do um so we always try to find people like that too um but yeah you're right we get a lot of people that are just kind of like wacky you know and they're like hey i have an idea for this thing, and it's like, oh no, that's not, that's not us. I don't, I don't want to have to go like fix anything or solve anything. I just want to be able to, you know, make some tweaks and then scale.
0: And what are some of the, being that you probably see a, a huge range of businesses and whatnot, what are the, some of the, the the small things that you see when you go in and you're like, oh, like if they just did this, it would, you know, like it, it would be much better. Like, is there any kind of um, consistencies you see across the board with, with the range of companies that you look at?
1: Yeah, I think, I think truthfully so to kind of segue just a bit we started to actually say you know what we could also just buy companies that are already doing well and so that's kind of been you know a strategy and so i review probably every month at least 20 or 30 uh packets that kind of go over all of the details and and i see a lot of the same things so most companies can sort of like naturally get to r- around a 60 figure income-ish. So, you know, anywhere from like 80 grand to three or 400,000, and then they kind of cap out. And so what I see in those types many, many times is that they're sort of like a one trick pony. So they've got like one, maybe two traffic strategies. It might be SEO. It might be just some kind of YouTube or organic thing. It might be word of mouth but in general, they don't really know what to do beyond that. They've got this one thing and it got them to a certain spot and they, don't, they just don't know. So the, the biggest thing is, is being able to, to have or create a front-end type of offer that can at least pay for itself to bring in new customers. Most businesses just don't really have that, not consistently. So they may have something, but it's not really scalable like if it's SEO and they rank for five or six things and that's kind of it, right? So that's I see that a lot. So that's one of the things that we always come in and, and say, okay, what can be a great front-end offer? How do we tweak it? How do we make it more uh, appealing to a broader audience? Or how do we make it priced to the point that it's like a, a, a brain-dead yes offer, right? Like that, and that's a big focus that I have is, making like incredible offers i used to think i was a good copy writer and i'm i'm pretty good but i think my real skill is in creating products because i started to find that if you can make a great product your copy doesn't have to be that awesome you know so many people think you have to be able to write this incredible stuff but if you make it if you make a killer offer as long as you get people to get to that that step you should do pretty good, and I and I, I I use my copywriter kind of brain to to create offers, and so that would probably be the other thing is, is like what kind of an offer can you create that it would be really hard for people to say no to, you know, like this. And so many times people look at it wrong. They they are thinking how can I make like the most profit on that first sale, when the the truth is you need to be you need to say how can I make that sale. So good that people join, and if I break even, awesome because now I have all these people that I can sell other things to. So
0: that's- I think that's hugely, hugely important, and uh, most yeah. people miss out on that. So, what like for me yourself, for someone? Because I know obviously you mentioned the types of people that you work with, and um, very similar people that listen to this podcast. What do you see as the differentiation from like with someone writing copy? Let's just say that they've got they're running to a a lead magnet or an event or something like that, how much should they be talking about what the actual outcome is of the offer of that person taking that next step versus like the the like you know what they're just trying to like sell the click? Like what's like what's your viewpoint on on that from that perspective?
1: Good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. So um I always view at and again, I'm going to talk about it from a more whole standpoint. So like you said, they're you know, getting people from A to Z. And so ultimately, the thing that I always try to do is I always just want to get them to the next step. So there is some truth to the fact that if you're going to write in an email, if the, you got, you've got to think of every step should have one goal, one primary thing you want. And so the email, if the email's goal is not to sell them but to get them to go read about what it is that you wanna sell them, then the goal of that email should be to get them to click. Now, if you, some people will write these really long emails to try to sell everything, and that's fine if you can pull that off, but most of us can't. I, I don't think that I could either. So generally, you use that email. So let's just say you're gonna promote an, an e- event you should do something you can in that email to get them to click over. And then even going a step back from that, the idea, the, the subject line, the goal of that is what? Click, right? Get them to open it. So you've got to be careful because you don't want to come across like real schemy or sleazy, you know, but you want to use curiosity to kind of open things up. So that's one of the things if I could give anybody like a magic power, it would be how to take plain things and inject them with curiosity. Because if you could do that, people will, I mean, humans, we love it. We just work, we just, it's like a, it's like an itch we have to scratch, right? If you see a subject line that just seems interesting, you're going to pull it open. And then if you read the email and what I always like to do is, is like, if I'm going to create copy or write something, I want there to be value in that ad. And then I use the... Sp- subject line or the headline or the call to action in the email is going to is going to be hey go here to get this valuable thing. So whatever that valuable thing is, it may be step 3 in the sales page, but it's there, you know, because oftentimes people people don't ever really think think about this, but almost every great sales page should have an element of education in it. And that education is actually the steps that you need them to believe or understand that sets them up to want to buy your product. So most of the people that teach sales copy, they teach it kind of two or three things. They'll talk about, you got to hit them up with whatever their problem is, right? Here's your problem, man. And that's true. And you got to say, I have this answer and here it is, blah, 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 That's great. I call it problem, promise, right? Problem, promise. But that's great. But what you don't, what, what you have to do also is you have to also give them proof. And the, some of that proof can come in the form of education about the problem, education about the promise. So that way, the people that are not just going to believe you because you've said it are going to want to say, so, well, that makes sense, right? So you, you almost set up, they call it us copy uh, nerds, we call it the sales argument, right? And that becomes like the, well, if you believe this, then you should believe this. And if that is true, then this is true. And if that's true, this is true. And that's true, then pay me. You know, so it's kind of like you're going down this systematic thought process. So that is something that um, is important. And I think that more people should think about that. And and that's also a great way to get opt-ins. Great way. If you can get people to opt-in to watch your sales presentation, that's great. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I need to generate, I have to create this epic lead magnet you know many times we just make the vsl what people opt in for because we add enough value in it so that way people will watch it and feel like they got something out of it
0: that's amazing i love that that's a great little uh range of takeaways there for people uh listening in or or watching wherever you guys are tuning in from so um i want to go back one step as well and obviously because when people sometimes listen to people's stories they're like oh it sounds like for Michael, this was pretty much all smooth sailing. Became great at copywriting, started getting businesses. It was just very, you know, simple, easy. Surely no problems along the way. Uh, but what were some of the big like challenges or hurdles that you kind of faced, and and what was the process for you to overcome those as you were growing and then stepping into, you know, partnering with businesses, buying businesses?
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of problems. <laughs> you know, business. I always tell people like being in business is just dealing with problems. Really, that's, that's your job, right? They're paying, someone's paying you to solve their problem. Um, so yeah, but just personally, yeah, I've had a lot of stuff, you know, um, going way back to when I first got started, you know, there was, there was a, a, the 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 partners that owned the first company that I had a job at, they were a couple and they split up. And one went to one state, one went to this other state. And for a bit there, it was all on me to try to operate it. It was very, very, you know, and and that's actually when I I put on a lot of weight too. I went from like being like a big, big guy to being, to being massive, you know, it was like, it was bad. Um, So I went through all that. Then I had like multiple, multiple companies fail, things I would try, they just don't pan out and so I think that I think that, that I would tell people is um, there's a saying that uh, there's a stat that says like nine out of 10 startups fail right so my answer to that is well then make 10 startups you know like like that's almost how you have to think um, I've been through lawsuits with different people. the biggest one ever was that we had we were actually in a an affiliate for for a different company. And they got sued by a federal agency, and that was like a nightmare. And we got roped into it. We had to like turn over all of our paperwork for all the time we were there and stuff. And thankfully, at the end of the day, we didn't have to in, get too involved in that side of it. And we were we were able to kind of come up with a settlement, even though we weren't the ones in it. Anyone who made an who made enough income had to pay. You know, so it was like. It was hardcore i mean that that was probably the hardest year i was uh now going back it was almost three years ago now but to to go through that and at that point in time we had a huge company we had to we had to let go of almost everyone scale back to like a skeleton team um a lot of people at that point would have probably just said that's it you know we're done but i was able to fight through it Had great. partner and and we were you know we did everything that, that 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 we could do and we're still here you know and and so yeah i think anybody that thinks it's easy or or whatever it's just not and and that's just that's just the way things are and you've got to be able to sort of bounce bounce back you know whenever those kind of things occur but yeah there isn't there's never been a an, an easy life, right? So, all all of us, we can just do the best with what we have, and we can't control what other people do. All we can control is how we respond to things, right? And so, I, I kind of become I become very much a, a, a stoic now. I think I'm. I actually got a a, a tattoo from like a stoic thing. It, it's kind of it's, you know tough to see, but it basically says like um, it basically says like love. Fate, you know, just like accept it. And the other one, there was just kind of, for some people, it's kind of sad, but for me, it's fun. It actually says, remember death. You know, that's the other saying. And I think it's kind of true because when you view everything on, uh, under the idea that we're only here for a set time, then you're more apt to just kind of accept things and say, okay, that's great. And, you know, what, you know, what can I do now? I have a saying that I call, I call it 520. Um, one hundred, and that is in five years, you'll barely re- recall whatever the thing was that was stressful. In twenty, hardly anyone will. It'll be like, "What was that thing again?" You know. And in one hundred years, everyone involved is dead. You know. That's like so. It's, it's an odd thing, but for me, going through all the stuff that I went through, that was kind of what brought me some sense of normalcy, you know, like no one recalls like the Sumerian prince who was sued. You know, like like it's like who cares? Right. And I think in some way we're all that kind of way. We're all just here temporarily.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I love that the five twenty one hundred. Uh, I'll probably uh, start using that myself. <laughs> um, now, Michael, as we get towards the end of our time together, I always like to ask the same question, which is: Is there a question which I haven't asked you, which I should have?
1: Oh, what's a question you should have asked me? Oh, man, you have great questions. I don't ever ever get these kind. Um, I would say just, um, yeah. I don't know. You've asked him some great stuff. So I don't know. I can, I don't I don't know. What do you well,
0: think? <laughs> maybe what's uh like obviously being the things that you face the challenges you've done you mentioned like going through some of these big hurdles. What's what's uh is there anything next on the horizon for you that you're like excited about or challenges coming up that you're excited to face?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um we're, you know, I I mean with this is more personal thing, but I'm I'm kind of pumped my wife is going to start her own kind of like retail business. And I'm actually just for me, because I'm such an internet guy, like I'm kind of pumped to be able to have like a physical store. That I can like drive there and see it and go in there and help her do stuff. I'm sure though she won't you know want me to, cause I, I'm very bad at that stuff, but like being able to like paint the place, you know what I mean? Just things like, like that. I'm actually kind of pumped with that and I'll, and I'll get to help her, so she'll, she'll get to see me doing some of the things that I do, you know. Like I'll set up her Google account and make sure she gets in Maps and, and all that stuff. Um, I think that'll be fun. And then and then also, um, I am actually building my, my first kind of like tech startup, and I'm really really pumped ab- about that. It's going to be a software tool that act, that makes it a lot easier to write longer form sales copy with the help of templates. And the nn AI that will actually write for for you. So wow. I'm really, really pumped by by that. And um, I'm I'm just now starting to get the corporation stuff done, and the software is about sixty percent done. So we're it's getting awesome there. That awesome. one's gonna be fun. I think that one could be something.
0: Very cool. Sounds exciting. So, if uh, anyone's been listening to this and they're like, cool, I like what Michael talks about, I want to find out more about what he's up to, where's the best place for people to connect with you online?
1: Yeah. So, my my main site that's been around forever, which is why it's such a terrible d- domain name because I, I got it way back like to t- 2006, but it's only onlyoneMike.com O N L Y O N E M I K E, only one. Mike.com. If you go there, I, I have quite a few things there. You can like find me. Um, and then if they are if they're interested in getting on the pre, I guess, thing for the, the pre-launch for the software, because I will probably give away some free ones to, to get people in it. It's, uh, it's prontowrite.com. Pronto, W-R-I-T-E.com. I think that'll be kind of cool. I want to find about 50 people to kind of, you know, play with it before it comes out.
0: Awesome, amazing! So, guys, wherever you're listening to this or watching this, check the show notes. Show notes above or below, and um, you can check that out and find out more about what Mark was up to. And if you know anyone that uh, maybe they they need to hear about some of the the things that they could do to think a little bit bigger when it comes to uh, growing and building and buying businesses, or maybe they want to hear some of the uh, the challenges that we all face as business owners growing as well. Please do share this episode with them as well as a little bit of a copywriting genius sprinkled in amongst it as well. So Mike, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time.